This is Peter Fabricant, social media editor for the Journal of Isikos, here to introduce the November issue of the journal. All of the articles in this summary may be found in the November issue of the Journal of Isikos, as well as online at jisikos.bmj.com. While the journal is officially published every other month, the website is updated in real time as manuscripts are finalized. This issue's editorial by Professor Van Dyke discusses the notion that there may be several clinical conditions frequently treated surgically that may in fact improve without surgery. Practicing in a European nation where care is occasionally rationed, many patients improve while on a waiting list for surgery and may not even require the eventual surgery. He discusses the possibility that this may support a more conservative approach and that perhaps the pendulum has swung too far in favor of surgical treatment of musculoskeletal diseases. Professor Van Dyke also introduces a new feature of the journal, the Current Concepts Review, which will serve as a focused review of a topic ending with the author's evidence-based recommendation for best treatment. In this article's highlighted systematic review entitled, No Evidence That Remnant Preserving ACL Reconstruction Ensures Better Proprioceptive Function Than a Standardized Single Bundle Reconstruction, a systematic review and meta-analysis performed by an international group of authors sought to answer if preserving the tibial ACL remnant could improve post-operative proprioceptive function. Some investigators feel that by preserving the tibial stump, the proprioceptive tissue on the native ACL fibers could confer improved proprioceptive function post-operatively, which could outweigh the risk of developing a cyclops lesion by leaving the stump. In their systematic review, Dylan et al. noted that only one study of 90 patients met inclusion criteria as a randomized control trial that evaluated postoperative proprioception and noted that in terms of stability, synovial coverage, and proprioception recovery, remnant preservation had no advantage over standard ACL reconstruction. This was true in other non-randomized studies identified in the systematic review as well. This was perhaps due to equal synovial covering in both remnant-sparing and remnant-resecting groups. Ankle sprains are one of the most common athletic injuries, with taping and bracing being frequently employed to prevent recurrent ankle sprains. In this month's highlighted current concepts review entitled, Taping and Bracing in the Prevention of Ankle Sprains, Current Concepts, the authors reviewed available literature and techniques of providing external ankle joint support, including taping, soft, semi-rigid, and rigid bracing. They noted that despite each type of support losing its restrictive properties over the course of an exercise session, there remains a benefit in terms of external joint support, proprioception, neuromuscular effect, and psychological effects. The authors concluded that there is adequate evidence that shows that taping and bracing are effective in the prevention of ankle sprains. However, no type of external ankle support has shown superior results to any other. Therefore, the personal preference of each athlete should be considered when choosing which stabilization method to use. Finally, this issue's review of a classic article is of RCRO's 1994 manuscript on arthroscopic bank cut repair versus non-operative treatment for acute initial anterior glenohumeral dislocations. In 1994, Dr. RCRO and colleagues provided significant evidence to support the use of arthroscopy to repair associated bank heart lesions found after acute initial anterior shoulder dislocations in the young athletic patient population. Previously published literature on this debilitating injury demonstrated that younger age significantly correlated with a higher rate of occurrence with non-operative management. 
Despite the paradigm shift caused by this classic article, surgical management of young first-time shoulder dislocators remains controversial. RCRO's classic article evaluated 36 West Point cadets who underwent a first-time traumatic shoulder dislocation which was reduced on the field or in the emergency department. 15 chose non-operative management and 21 patients underwent arthroscopic bank cart repair within 10 days of injury. Both groups were similarly immobilized for four weeks and underwent the same structured rehabilitation program. Despite no difference in other demographic or clinical factors, the non-operative group experienced a recurrence rate of 80%, while those managed surgically, only 14% developed recurrent instability. Furthermore, nearly half of those initially treated non-operatively required a future open bank heart stabilization. This review of RCRO's classic places his results in the context of subsequent larger prospective randomized controlled studies and notes that while surgical management does not guarantee 100% success, it is more widely accepted by shoulder surgeons, particularly in young high-risk athletes under age 25. The article concludes with commentary by noted experts Dr. Cole, Dr. Etoy, and Dr. Arciero himself, all of whom offer slightly different treatment algorithms in their own practices. This is certainly a fascinating article and a must-read for surgeons who treat glenohumeral instability. Thank you for listening to this podcast review of the journal Visicos. All of the articles in this summary and others may be found in the November issue of the journal, as well as online at jisicos.bmj.com. Thank you.